please stay right where you are because it's time for GeorgiaCarry.org radio with Doug and Jesse King. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no compromise voice for gun owners. Stay tuned for valuable information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. And now, your host for GeorgiaCarry.org radio, Doug and Jesse King. Good morning, everybody. You're listening to GeorgiaCarry.org radio. I'm Doug King. I'm here with Jesse. And Jesse has an exciting topic this week, don't you, Jess? I sure did. I lost 12 pounds. That's exciting to that me. That is exciting. <laughs> so you switch from the 500 to a PPK? No, <laughs> but that would do it. That would do it. Actually, I wanted to discuss HB 826. That's two years old and it's dead. Everyone keeps saying it's dead, it's dead, it's dead. Who it's, cares? Actually, with Governor Deal's recent um, veto. Wiffle waffle, flip flopping. <laughs> Sometimes flip flops. Yellow bellied. It's you know it's spring. It's the time of year you for flip flops. It's the right time of year for them. You know. Yeah. Love my flip flops. May may I may I talk for just a minute about our illustrious governor? Absolutely. Go ahead. Okay. I have heard an awful lot of criticism of the governor this week, and I think that it is entirely misplaced. Okay. He is not a Democrat. He is not a Republican in name only. He is a quintessential Republican. He is as Republican as apple pie is American and as baseball is American. He is Republican. When you think of what a Republican is, you should see Nathan Deal. If you look up Republican in the dictionary, there will be a giant picture of Nathan Deal right next to it. So did he legalize the THC oil for something that's wrong with you or what? No, I'm just saying that it went, what everything he's done is purely Republican at its heart. And that if you say, well, he's not representing me, or he's not along with my values, or, or he's not really a Republican, the truth is, is not that Nathan Deal is not a Republican, because he is. The truth is, if you say he's not a Republican because he doesn't agree like I do and I'm a Republican, the truth is you're not a Republican. You're probably a libertarian. You're probably a libertarian. You might be even something like a constitutional party-ist. So when, when the D- Democrats say you are a, a conservative nut job, and the Republicans tell you that you're a liberal nut job. You're a libertarian. You are a libertarian. I had to learn this the hard way. Now, when the Democrats say you're a conservative nut job, and the Republicans say that you're some kind of fascist, then you're a constitutional party person. They they take that kind of hard line, if it's not in the Constitution, it's not real, stance. And there there are some people who are listening to this who are not libertarians, but who are constitutional party members and don't realize it. But the thing that we need to get across here is that if you think that what Governor Deal did is wrong, you're not a Republican. You know, we've had an interesting week in politics anyway. It's been a great week. Well, you know, we had Cruz. Lion named, Ted went home. Well, first he named a, a running mate. Fiorina got he fired. He punched his wife in the nose. Yeah, well. And then he went home. I like that Fiorina got fired. Like in 72 hours. Do you think that he had her fire all of the people on his um, Hatchet campaign? woman. No, I, I think that he brought her to deliver Indiana on a silver platter. And when he got zero votes in Indiana, he went home. Was she from Indiana? No, she's not from Indiana, but she had she had a lot of following there. According to the polls, she was popular there. So, and he figured that together she would deliver Indiana to him, 
And and when that just totally flopped on its face. You here's the thing, okay? The Republican Party says we like George Bush. George Bush gets no votes. Ted Cruz is doing really well. Marco Rubio's doing real well. Trump's doing real well. Right. So then the Republican Party goes, we like Marco Rubio. So guess who's the next one who doesn't get any votes is? Why? Because the Republican Party likes him. Anything the GOP likes this year is going down in flames, people. And the reason is is because... We're scared of the establishment. Americans are sick and tired of this kind of BS. The kind of BS where they say, I'll sign any gun bill that comes across my desk and then vetoes too. We're tired of it. And Republicans, it's not just some Republicans. It's not Republicans in name only. This is what Republicans are. I'm sorry, Rush. I, look, I've listened to Rush Limbaugh since I was nine years old. Okay, I would sneak headphones in to class in elementary school and listen to Rush for his three hours. That explains why sometimes I think you might be a little brain damaged. <laughs> I, I have, for the majority of my life, I have listened to his political observations, and I think he is an absolutely brilliant commentator on the political situation. The Republican Party died. The Republican Party died, and it didn't die this year with Donald Trump. I see that all the time, too, all over Facebook. The Republican Party's dead. Cause of death, Donald Trump. Not no, at all. It died before them. It died a long time ago. The Republican Party died with read my lips, no new taxes. From that point on, the Republican Party has been a shell. It has been a dead party. It has been running on the, the, the ghost of zombie Reagan. Zombie Reagan. That's exactly what it is. We're we're running on Zombie Reagan and keeping the the, the ship afloat. And it is a ship of fools. It is a a derelict behemoth moving under its own momentum. And all you can you can look just look at the history after Reagan. Reagan was not liked by the Republican Party. He was an outsider. He was very much like Donald Trump. I don't care what people are saying. He was very much like Donald Trump. He used to be a Democrat. He came in on the outside. He fought hard. He brought in a populist message, just like Donald Trump. After Reagan left, what did we get? We get George H.W. Bush, right? Party line man, New World Order guy, wants to raise taxes, and as soon as he's got you buffaloed into voting for him, because Michael Dukakis is worse, he does exactly what he wants to do, and then he figures that he'll just give him the presidency again because that's what you do and people you know what people did in 1992 jesse republicans stayed home in droves and that's what you were going to see this year again what happened in 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 2012 do you remember who ran in 2012 for the republicans not especially mitt romney oh yeah it was mitt romney the the Mormon Mitt Romney. The the author of Romney Care, the author of an assault weapons ban, and the Republican presidential pick, right? Because the people who are against Obamacare aren't going to vote for Obama. They'll vote for Romney. The people who are against assault weapons bans aren't going to vote for Obama, so they'll vote for Romney. So it doesn't matter, right? The Republican Party doesn't care about its base, and it has not cared about its base since Reagan left office. They have not cared one whit about them, and they don't care about you. And if you are a Republican sitting there saying, well, it's just this party is run by people and they're not like me, that's because you're not a Republican. 
You are not a Republican. If you believe in freedom, if you believe in individualism, if you believe in self-responsibility, if you believe in the Second Amendment, you're not a Republican. And in order to be a Republican now, you have to think that you are better than the people. You have to think that you can make laws out of thin air. You have to think that you can ignore the Constitution. You have to think that you can ignore a law passed by the legislature and get away with it. So if you prom- believe those things, then you can be a Republican. So a prime example of a Republican is North Carolina's Republican governor, author of um, HB2, the bathroom bill that's being questioned. Well, I don't know, okay? Seriously, I don't know about that. because We didn't need a, a bill to keep people out of the ladies' room before. Okay? The bill doesn't keep people out of the ladies' room. That's the problem. The, these laws that are passed to make people feel good don't do squat. Because you know what happens? People, Men go into the ladies' room anyway. Are there cops arresting them all? Not no. all of them. Some of them. Uh, which ones are getting arrested? The ones that, that do are waving, waving their wiener at another person. The, but the, ones, the ones that are doing something illegal that's always been illegal and it was illegal before HB2 and it was illegal after HB2. And what like the arrested? sicko in the, in the Walmart in Calhoun that came from Rome. He was a convicted... Um, well, hold on a second. So he was in North Carolina. No, he wasn't in North Carolina. That was here. But he got arrested. How could he be arrested if he wasn't in North Carolina? Because he was doing something that was already illegal. Oh. It had nothing to do with him being in the bathroom. There you go. So you see, it's all pointless. These laws are pointless. What they're doing is try- they're just they're like trying to whip people into a frenzy in an election year to be on their partisan side when the real truth is is they're manipulating you. And that's it. People forget to look for what's really going on around them. So we're all worried about the bathrooms, but what's going on in our legislature, what kind of laws are being passed? What's going on in, in the big picture in the world? People look at the small picture so much and, and the media focuses on the tiny picture to get your eyes off of what's really happening in the world around you. Or conversely, they try to get you to look at a bigger picture and ignore what's going on right in your own backyard. I mean, well, we spent all this time on the presidential election. No one notices that we have a one-party system in much of Georgia. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, you can't. Go go and vote for a Democrat in Bartow County. Good luck. Go There's not vote. many Democrats running in Bartow County. Go and I vote for seen a, a Republican Democrat son. Go vote for a Republican in downtown Fulton. The whole state's been divided up by party and party, and that's it. There's it's a one party system. You might as well be living in Moscow. Is there a Moscow, Georgia? I don't know. There's maybe. an Athens. There's a Rome. There's there's a Valdosta. There's a lot. We stole names from everywhere. I mean, we should at least fess up to the fact that if you only have one party running things, that you're living in Moscow. Shoot, Moscow has two parties now. Georgia's living. Well, it's like you're living in Georgia. That's interesting, but it is the way it is. It doesn't have to be the way it is. It's not the way things ought to be, and it's time to change things. You know, that, going back to Rush Limbaugh, his first book was entitled "The Way Things Ought to Be." And I think that that is a very poignant statement. I mean, you can always say, well, that's just the way it is. Some things will never change. But it's time that changes are made, and changes can be made. And if people will get up and stand up for their rights, if people will listen to a third party, if people will vote for a third party, if people will turn around and say to the Republican Party, you do not represent me, you are Republicans, I am not, we could have a revolution in this country that would put rock all of this major party stuff back on its heels. First, we're at a commercial break. We'll be back. Now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with Doug and Jesse King. 
Welcome back, everybody. Um, after that commercial break, I hope that you're feeling less rested and, and ready for some more nice, Ranting polite, and raving. polite banter here on, on the GeorgiaCarry.org NPR Hour. Uh, Jesse, you had a topic today. What was that? I, we were talking about Governor Deal, weren't we? Yes, we were. And what a nice, eloquent discussion we were having about Governor Deal. Fair and balanced. That's us here, right? I've heard that he beats puppies with kittens. <laughs> so how do you spell Deal? D-I... Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we were talking about HB 826. And the lead up to all this, and what, what I'm getting so passionate about is that in 2014, the 2013-2014 legislative session, there was a bill, okay? It's called House Bill 826. It was a bill that it revamped the way penalties are imposed on in schools, okay? So it had two parts to it. The first part was about zero tolerance. The second part was amending definitions. And in the amendment of the definitions, it said that the campus carry clauses where you can't carry on school grounds does not apply to a holder of a Georgia weapons carry license. That is the same language that's used all over the code section so that when you so that you can carry anywhere you want except for these specific places. The general prohibition that you cannot carry without a license is if you don't have a license, if you have a license then you can carry. And so now the same language is in effect. That bill goes to the House and it passes unanimously. It goes to the Senate, it passes with two nays, okay? It was a, it was a veto-proof majority on that bill. So it goes to the governor. And what does the governor do? Well, he couldn't veto it, so he had to sign it, right? No, well, he could have not signed it and let it go in. He could have vetoed it and went back to the House and get passed again. But he signed it. And it was one of the first bills he signed that year, I believe. So here we have a, a bill that's passed by the House, passed by the Senate, signed by the governor. Therefore, it is law. It's not in the books. Code Commission did not put it in the books. And in December, Mr. Jeffrey Delaney was arrested for carrying a gun on school grounds. Now, now Mr. The, Jeffrey Delaney is the gentleman that was in DeKalb County. And what month did that happen? December. It was in December. It was. It was right around Christmas. Just before. It was like December 14th. Okay. And so you went to the jail? Yep. He gave me a call, asked me to come talk to him because he knows that I am the preeminent lawyer dealing with all of this good stuff. And when I went and saw him... He wanted to hire me, and I agreed on a very fair rate for him, and I took him on as a client. So now you have the one and only criminal test case on HB 26, 826 in Georgia. Is that right? That's right. Now, why is a criminal test case important? Because now we get to test whether a judge thinks the law that was passed is the law or the law in the books is the law. Why not just do this civilly? Because there's no victim civilly, so we can't get it changed unless we, we do it through criminal process. Now, here's the bigger question, okay? And I mean, I'm to do something civilly, don't you have to have a victim or somebody that has suffered a loss? Have, you have to have standing. That's what you're getting at there. Exactly. Standing means that there's somebody who has suffered a loss. And they were arguing that they didn't really have standing. There was nobody there who could make the argument. There's a bigger question here. Now, obviously... Every citizen in Georgia should have standing. If there's a law that's been passed and it's being ignored, everybody is harmed by that. So, so was it, it being ignored? I mean, so the law's passed, it's signed 
by the governor, which makes it law. It was right. a bill, now it's law. The day it was signed by the governor, it became law. It became effective on a certain date, which was July 1st of 2014. There you go. Now, I was pretty new resident to Georgia at that time, so the fact that I could carry it at the school was, like, exciting to me. Mm-hmm. And then it became, well, they didn't put it in the official code of Georgia annotated. Okay, now you do a lot of work for me in my office. So when I say... What does this code section say? What do you do? I'll go and pull the OCGA and look up that code section and tell you what it says. Do you ever go and pull every old bill that was passed two, three, five years ago to check to see if it says what it says in the OCGA? Only this time, since we're dealing with Jeffrey Delaney. <laughs> and have did you actually look at the bill itself? I, have I ever given you the raw bill to look at? No, but I've looked them up on my own. Okay. Do you, you see how complicated that sucker is? Oh, yeah. They're very complicated. You can't tell what it says. So what they're supposed to do is take that and put it in layman's terms. Well, not really layman's terms, but they're supposed to put it into a coherent structure in the code section. Because you might have a bill that deals with three or four different code sections scattered throughout the code. Oh, yeah. Well, we found that where there was something in... Chapter 50. When title, should... title 40, that's, that the penalties are in Title 16. And that's yeah. after they've made it clear, right? Because that's in the code. When you have a bill, you might have a bill that deals with, you know, transportation fuel subsidies. And then there's a rider that deals with insurance regulations. Or you can have a bill that has something to do with credit card regulations. And suddenly there's a... a guns allowed on federal property things stuck in the middle of there <laughs> or or you could have a consolidated omnibus budget reconciliation act which is supposed to be having to deal with budgetary issues of congress and it allows you to keep your insurance if you pay for it for up to two years after you get fired or laid off you've heard of cobra insurance right uh-huh cobra insurance comes from the name of the bill that it was stuck in which is a consolidated omnibus budget reconciliation act so I um, right. didn't know why they called it Cobra. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's why. I thought it was because it was so bad it would bite you. It had absolutely nothing to do with health insurance, but someone threw it in at the last minute, and there you go. Now you have a right to keep your health insurance for two years. But, well, isn't that something? You know, the, these these bills, which become acts, these acts are convoluted and hard to understand. And it, the Code Commission's job is to put what the law is into a coherent structure for easy reference. But they didn't. But they left it out purposefully. Their claim was that it conflicted with, what, HB 60? Yes, which had nothing to do with college carry or campus carry or any other kind of school impact whatsoever. What was HB 60? HB 60 was the bill that year that, um, oh, you're making me, me really dredge up here. HB 60 had to do with carry in, in other places, but it didn't deal with schools. It dealt with... Um, I mean, it was a really important big bill. I I, I don't remember the. I'm trying to look it up here, and of course, my internet's not the greatest right here at the radio station, you know. But it says it was to remove fingerprinting from renewal of weapons carry licenses, mm-hmm. to prohibit the state from creating and maintaining a data database of weapons carry license holder, because if in effect that's a gun registry, uh, create an absolute defense for the legal use of deadly force in the face of a violent attack, lower the age to obtain a weapons carry license for self-defense from 21 to 18 for active duty military 
Active duty military with specific training allows for the use of firearm sound suppressors while hunting, repeals the unnecessary and duplicative state-required license for firearms dealers instead of requiring only a federal firearms license, prohibits a ban on firearms in public housing, ensuring the right of self-defense should not be infringed based on one calls home. Codify the ability to legally carry with a weapons carry license in non-secure areas of airports. Um, requires reporting those persons who have been involuntarily hospitalized or have been adjudicated mentally deficient to the NICS system. Um, states that under a declared state of emergency, all law-abiding gun owners will not have their Second Amendment rights restricted or infringed by executive authority. Strengthens current firearms preemption statuses through further clarification of the regulatory authority of local governments, excluding firearm discharge ordinance. Remove the sweeping restrictions on legal, legally carrying a firearm with a WCL in bars, leaving this decision to private property owners and allowing for churches to opt in for legal carry with only a civil pen, penalty of $100 if a person happens to carry into a prohibited church. Okay, so I listened to your whole rattle through all of that, and there's one word I did never hear. I I'm, never heard the word. Campus. Or? School. There you go. So how is there conf conflicting between two bills that don't have anything conflicting in them? They're not conflicting They're not at conflicting. all. That was and, just and a bad excuse. The, the judge in Fulton County, Judge Shub. Said they didn't conflict. Said that there's nothing in here. There's no reason it shouldn't be in the books. But the problem is, is that Georgia Carey sued a school district that has sovereign immunity, and there's nothing I can do about it, even though this is obviously the law. So she recommended, Judge Shoup recommended. That there be a criminal case and to test it. And now there is. Now there is, yeah. And so. then in light. Now this happened in December, right? Uh -huh. So... Come December, we knew that there was a good criminal case. We knew that there was a, a case that is perfectly on point. He was not just dropping off his kids. No, but he... Now, why is that important? Because there's already a law that covers him when he's just dropping off his kids. Pre-826, you could still drop off your kids. And pick up with your feet, with your firearm in your car. Right. You just could not carry it into the school, correctly? Correct. Now, now there was some arguments about, it said dropping off or picking up. So if you were picking up your kid and walked in to pick them up from their classroom, you're still picking up. So there could be an argument there. This is not that case. This has nothing to do with dropping off or picking up. He was going to go spend the morning there. He went to observe the classroom. Had breakfast with his children. Had breakfast with them. Yeah. And was given a visitor's pass by the principal's office while he was open carrying. There's no question what was going on here. So Nobody was scared until a kid mentioned. Well, the teacher. Well, what came down to it. And I'm, I'm still a little fuzzy on some of their facts, but it seemed like the teacher... Um, saw him with it, and then she called the principal, and then that got the ball rolling. Folks, we're at a commercial break. We'll be back. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Doug and Jesse King. Welcome back, everybody. So, the Delaney case. 
Um, Mr. Delaney brought his three kids to elementary school. He parked the car. He went inside. He rang the bell. Nobody was there. He waited until someone came and opened the door for him. He went to the principal's office. He got a visitor's pass from the principal. I think it was the assistant principal or the vice principal. Someone wasn't the exact principal. But he got a visitor's pass while he was open carrying a revolver. He then goes to lunch or to the lunchroom. Lunchroom. He has breakfast with his kids. He has breakfast with his kids. He follows one of his kids to the classroom and asks if he can observe. The teacher says yes. He has a seat in the back of the classroom. A little bit later, the principal comes comes and says, I need to speak with you out in the hallway. And he's so he like, steps okay. out and says, sure. He says, what's up? And the principal says, you can't have that. And he says, no, 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 I can't, I can't. I have a license. And he pulls out his license, his validly issued Georgia weapons carry license that was issued from his former county down in, in near Savannah. And he hands it to the principal and says, I have a valid license. It's still good. I can carry here. And the principal says, I don't think so. And Mr. Delaney he turns to the principal and says, well, call the police, because he wanted the police to straighten it out for him. He says, talk to them about it. They'll tell you. I can carry. There's nothing wrong here. I'll wait. So, so the he principal waits. calls the police. And the police come, and they question him, and they question the principal, and they question him, and it takes a couple of hours, because they don't know what to do. Because it's not in the code. There's nothing in the code. I am guessing. I don't know. I don't know anything. I don't have discovery. I don't have squat. I'm just guessing here. But this is my pure speculation and hypothesis that one of those cops knew about the bill. And was not sure what to do. And that's why it took so long. Yeah, because this should have been open and shut. You should open up the books, see what's on the books, put the cuffs on them and take them away. It wasn't that case because one of those cops knew that a bill had been passed. He knew what the law really was. He, he remembered at least something the from the, the media about he it. He remembered the story. Maybe he was a member of Georgia Packing. Maybe he was a member of Georgia Carey. Maybe he had just been following stuff I had been putting on my Facebook page. But one of those cops knew that there was something else going on here. And he didn't want to arrest him. But in the end, they arrested him anyway. And now we have the case. And all the people who are out there saying, well, this is a long shot. This is not a long shot. This is if, the if, shot. If this is a long shot, every judge needs to throw their robes in the garbage can and go home. Because there is nothing left in this country. If your bills that are passed into law can just be ignored, kept out of the code, and vanish from truth. I mean, it's, my goodness, we should have a ministry of truth. There should be people out there rewriting history. We've always been at war with East Asia. Have we? <laughs> this is the thing, okay? These people wanted to keep it off of the books. It was the Board of Regents that was probably throwing the biggest fit about it. Yeah, they're the 800-pound gorilla, that's for sure. And our governor is so used to kissing their rear ends that he just bent right over and started kissing again and kept it off the books. Let's figure out, all right, all right, let's figure out some way to do this. The truth be darned. What's right and wrong be darned. It doesn't matter to any of us here. We're just going to figure out what to do to make everyone happy, and we're going to smooth this over. Well, you know what? You can't just smooth over the truth. You can't smooth over the law. We are a nation built on laws, not a nation built on men. And you as one individual cannot change the law of the land. It goes against everything that not only this country believes in, but our English roots going back to the Magna Carta. If this can stand, if this sort of thing can, can, can take place, then we might as well just trash everything from the Magna Carta 
on. We should go back to the Hammurabi's Code where the king makes the rules and we just do whatever he says. We are no longer citizens of Georgia. If this can stand, we are subjects to King Deal. And we are subjects to King Deal. And this is where I want to appeal to our listeners of when you go to vote, you need to make sure that the person you're voting for really does align with what you believe and isn't just associated with the party that you think you're a part of. If you're, I want, I'm going to challenge every single person who hears my voice. If your candidate has ever supported Nathan Deal or the party that he's affiliated with, you cannot support that person. Period. These people have mocked our justice system, our value system, everything that is American, they have made a mockery out of. They have spit on the face of every veteran. Every person who has died for this country, who has stood up for right, truth, and justice in the American way, they have spit in their face and spit on their grave. You know what I've seen a lot of recently um, on Facebook especially is people that are deciding that they're going to cash in the Republican card and join the Libertarian ticket. Mm-hmm. Say, they say they're going to vote Libertarian from now on. Well, you know, you were probably a Libertarian to begin with and you just didn't know it. Well, what's getting me is the people who are ready to flee the Republican Party over... Donald Trump. They're like, well, Trump. Trump's not not shouldn't be a Republican. Trump is the quintessential Republican. All right. He's Trump rich. Is a, <laughs> he he is he is wealthy. He is independent. Elitist. Elitist, and he's going to do his own thing. I don't think that that's very far off what Republicans in general, all the way back to Lincoln, have been. Now, if you don't identify with that. It's not that he's not the Republican. It's that you're not a Republican. Wow. That's, that's a big deal. I, you know, I, I have absolutely no love for a large segment of the Democratic Party. And I, when I was growing up, you know, being a Rush fan, I thought Democrats were evil. Truth is, Democrats aren't evil. Democrats are evil, but no, the, so are some Republicans. No, the Democratic Party is. And I think the Republican Party is. The, the pro- Democrats who are following the Democratic Party, by and large, don't agree with most of the things the Democratic Party is doing. Just like the Republicans who are going along with the Republican Party don't agree with everything that Jim or, or yeah Bonner did right before he quit. I mean, the Republican Party base was up in arms over that. And the Democrat Party base is up in arms over what Hillary Clinton does. My biggest problem with Democrats is their inability to accept responsibility for anything they do wrong. And they want to throw their hands up in the air and say, oh, I'm offended, I'm offended at every little thing, when really they just need to grow a pair and pick themselves up by their bootstraps and move on. Um, who's the guy who used to do The Daily Show? John Stewart. Yeah, he had a great quote that I read that really sums this up, okay? The Democratic Party sells a fantasy of a utopian future where everything will be okay. But you know what? You can't get it. The Republican Party sells a fantasy of a utopian past where everything was okay. And it wasn't. But it never was. And that's the whole game. The Democrats are selling you on a future that is unobtainable. The Republicans are selling you on a past that never existed. And both are ignoring the present, which is where the battle's being fought for our hearts and souls and minds. The present where our economy is in the tank because we don't let free market take the place. The present where we have 66% of Georgians incarcerated on active probation or parole because they're being incarcerated for crimes that aren't really crimes. 
No, there's a lot of people in in jail for things that were not criminal until somebody decided to make it criminal. You can, just for an example, you can kill somebody and get straight probation, but if you kick a cop, they want to put you in prison for a full year. Yeah, and that's in the same county. Same both county, offenses. yeah. I mean, they're probably is, in front of the same judge. It is absolutely ridiculous. The way our laws are being administered is ridiculous. The way our laws are being treated is ridiculous. You want to know what the problem here is? You, you don't want to know why HB 826 probably passed? And I don't know. I'm just hypothesizing here. This is a bold guess. Governor Deal read the title and signed it. He didn't read the whole thing. If he'd have read the whole thing. Well, how can he read the whole thing when they pass 826 bills in one year? And, you know, that wasn't even the last one. No. There were more. And that's just that's House Bill 826. There's a thousand more of them in the Senate. We've got thousands and thousands of bills a year. And all of them are garbage. And who's reading them? Well, you know, the one thing that I'm glad that didn't even get any motiv- mo- motivation, it didn't move at all, was Dexter Sharper's mandatory training garbage bill. Big shout out to Dexter. We love you, man. We're still waiting for you to call us for that gun training, Mr. Sharper. Yeah. But I was kind of grateful that the mandatory training didn't go through because I could have seen that as being some garbage they wanted to push on us and then still tell us that it's not good enough. You know, no matter what we do as gun owners, they still want to paint us as the criminals when they won't make the criminals be responsible for their behavior when they use a gun in the commission of a felony that don't don't that just paint your wagon paint my wagon bright freaking red (laughs) so what are you gonna do here doug are are you are you gonna get us our right to carry on to school campuses i am am single-handedly gonna go out there i'm gonna fight this judge if this judge doesn't give me what i want i'm gonna go to the court of appeals and then to the supreme court if i have to because this bill this is perfect this is absolutely perfect you you're there are some naysayers out there who are online saying well it's going to be in dekalb county you're going to be in front of a liberal judge you know what a liberal judge is going to say you obey the law because if you don't obey the law we've got nothing Right. You know what a conservative judge is going to say? We obey the law. We obey the law. Because if we don't obey the law, we've got nothing. I don't care what kind of judge you are. I don't care what you care about campus carry. I don't care how you feel about guns. This case is not about campus carry. This case is whether the governor has to obey the law he signed or if we have no law at all. And there is not a judge in the state of Georgia who's going to turn to me and say, look, I don't care. The governor can do whatever the he wants and it don't matter. There's not one judge who will say that. This none will, of them say, I know it's the law, but it's more of a guideline than an actual it, law. They're they're more like suggestions. No. Doesn't happen. Well, we're coming up on a commercial break here, so stay tuned, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. Now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Doug and Jesse King. Welcome back, everybody. So if you're excited, as I am, about the Campus Carry Bill and you want to make meaningful change and help donate to Jeffrey Delaney's Defense Fund, how do you do that? Well, you send a check payable to M. Douglas King II to 269 Marketplace Boulevard, 
Suite 164, Cartersville, Georgia, 30121. And be sure you put Jeffrey Delaney Defense Fund in the memo section. Now, if you want to help keep furthering the cause of, of new bills like 826 in Georgia, how do you do that? You join georgiacarry.org. You pay $20 a year. And they help lobby for, for new gun legislation in Georgia. So how do you join? You can go online to georgiacarry.org and click on the membership tab. And fill in the form, pay your $20, and boom, you're a member. You can also uh, join at any of our local chapter meetings, which are happening all the time in your local area. You can find those on Facebook. There's one coming up in Tifton. Yay. Where are they having Are they having it at Mama June's? No, no that's, that's not in Tifton. They're, they're, I don't remember exactly where they're having it. You can look up on the Georgia Carey website. But do you know, I know it's going to be good food because you know what Tifton spelled backwards is. Nifty. No. No, what is it? T-I-F-T-O-N? Mm-hmm. N-O-T-F-I-T? Not fit. Ah, that's horrible. <laughs> well, that's true. Maybe I need to share my diet plan with Tifton you could, you could make You could make a killing in Tifton. I've lost 12 pounds in a little over a week. <clears throat> that's not too bad. When when they sell you know the extender so you can back your seat up even further to get into your car. The extender? Yeah, you know, it makes the rails longer so you can slide your seat back even further. Oh, my legs aren't long enough for that. But sometimes I wish I had a back scratcher extender. Cause when, when I was in law school, okay, I got offered. You I, went to I, law school? Yeah, it's amazing, <laughs> isn't it? I, I applied for a grant position one summer because I wanted to do something more fun, but I still needed to get paid. So the governor's office had a grant program to send people to rural counties. And I got sent for an interview with the probation office in Tifton. And I thought... Okay, my grandparents live about 35, 40 miles south of there. I could stay with them that summer and go to work and and get a stipend, and that would work, right? Right. So I go there, and I interview with them, and I walk in, and I hand them my letter of recommendation from a U.S. uh, congressman and all this stuff, and the guy is sitting behind his desk, and he's got this great big belly, and his tie only comes about halfway down it. He says, son, we can do this the easy way or the hard way. Which um, way would you choose? I looked at him for a second, and I pulled off my tie and threw my coat over my shoulder and plopped down on the chair across him, and he smiled at me. <laughs> so we talked for a few minutes, and he says, you have no business being here. You should be in the DA's office or in the Supreme Court or something. You shouldn't be here. And I was like, well, thank you. He's like, I'm going to call the DA for you, see if I can't get you a job there. And I thanked him, and I walked out. And as I walked out... There was this 1970s-era Ford pickup truck driving down the road. It had two Confederate flags that were like five feet by eight feet, one on each side of the, the pickup truck bed, streaming out behind it, and two dogs in the back. And the dogs jumped up on the edge and barked at me as I went by. And, and I thought, I am not in Minneapolis anymore. No. <laughs> this is the South. That was really a fun day. <laughs> so there's my Tifton story. I don't have a Tifton story. Be grateful. Actually, I do have a Tifton story. Okay. My first uh, trip into, to Tifton was at a fre- as a freight expediter. And I had deadheaded out of Mississippi, out of Jackson, Mississippi, into Atlanta. Stayed in Mississippi. O- only to have morning. to run into Tifton at 1 o'clock in the morning, pick up some freight that had to be in Cincinnati, Ohio, by like 3 o'clock the next afternoon. So I drive to Tifton. 
sleep an hour and a half in a truck stop parking lot and then go over and, and do my pickup. At Love's. It was not at Love's. It was at another trucking company down behind the pilot station on exit 60. Okay. And so I picked up over there and, and headed towards um, Cincinnati and coming up 75, my Bluetooth went out. So I stopped off of the exit I currently live at mm-hmm. and bought myself a new Bluetooth that night in the middle of the night. Small world. Not knowing that someday I would live off of that exit. It's weird. Really weird. But anyway, that's not, my Tifton story. Not knowing you'd be married to a lawyer that can rip a shirt open and show you a giant ass. Giant hairy chest. Is that what you said? I said ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, if you're listening to us online, you don't have to. In you fact, can, we'd recommend you not. You can contact your local radio station and tell them you like our show and that they'd like our show, too, and tell us who you talk to. Who wouldn't like to listen to me rant about Governor Deal again? You can uh, email us at radio at georgiacarry.org and let us know who you spoke with at your local radio station, and we will contact in regards to syndication. So, in, in parting, how, how much time have I got left in here, Jess? Um, five minutes. Okay. So, in parting, there's a couple of things that I want to make very clear. Because this is the stuff that I'm seeing bubble up on georgiapacking.org, and I want to put a stop to it. The new bill would have been in conflict with the old bill. It would have been a bad thing if it passed. And I, don't I am very, very grateful that Governor Deal vetoed this bill because now we are going to have real campus carry, not this abridged, abbreviated monstrosity that he at first supported and then defeated. Now, I don't know Governor Deal. I've never met Governor Deal. I don't know his heart. I can't claim to speak for him. But I can tell you this. There's only two ways that this went down. One is that he didn't read the bill, the first bill. Or two, he is secretly the biggest supporter of campus carry on earth, and he vetoed the second bill to make sure the first one went through. Now, I don't know what it is. I don't really care what it is because this isn't about Governor Deal. This isn't about what he thinks, what he felt, what he had for breakfast that morning. This is about what the law written down is. And like the law of the Medes and the Persians, it shall not change. Well, this law was signed by Governor Deal. Mm -hmm. So whether he supports it or not... He screwed up and put his John Hancock on it. Whatever. I screw up. Maybe he intended to. Maybe this is the whole game for him, is that he couldn't get it done through the Board of Regents any other way, and he wanted to do it this way. I don't care. I don't care whether this is some grand scheme, whether this is incompetence, whether this is just the luck of the draw. I don't care, because this is written down. It's the law of the land, and the law is the law, and it shall not change. If they want to change the law... The way you change the law is you pass a revision to it, which is what I think the bill this year would have been. It would have been a revision to the current law, and it would not have hurt Mr. Delaney because he was following the law at the time, but it would have hurt all the rest of Georgia. And what I kept saying is they're, what they're telling you is that this new bill you should be happy with. And there are some people out there, Mark Gilbert, who kept telling me, well, we should be happy with just a piece of the pie. No. You shouldn't be happy with a piece of the pie. You should when never you have- be happy with only a, po- a portion of your freedom. You should not be happy with a piece of the pie when you had the whole pie, and then they take the whole pie away from you, throw it away until you'd be happy with the crumbs that are left on the table. You should, you're absolutely right. You should never be happy with a part of your freedom. Your freedom is yours. No one can take it away. This whole idea that, that your freedom is granted to you by government is bull. No, your freedom is yours naturally. The government takes it away. That's right. 
So if the government's trying to take your freedom away, you don't be happy with the crumbs that are left behind. You stand up and fight for your freedom. Now, if this is some grand plan on Governor Gilles' part to get the law through past the the Board of Regents and and to be able to get college carry and campus carry, K through college carry done, then I applaud him. And I'm sure that he will come out and support the efforts that we're doing, you know, in some way. If this, on the other hand, was a dastardly trick that he lied on whether or not he was going to support campus carry this year, and when he figured out that he had actually supported campus carry the other year, that he scuttled it on purpose, then, Governor, I'm coming for you. Straight up, straight out, I'm going to take this case and shove it down everybody's throat because this is the time. This is the time that we find out who is for liberty. We find out who is for the rule of law, who believes in justice, and who are back dealers and who are disgusting, horrible people. And there's no choice. They're, they're, you are either in the camp of liberty, freedom, and the rule of law, or you are in the camp of backroom deals and the camp of evil and the camp of doing what is is against everything that this country has stood for. And there is no in-between. And when you go to the polls, when November comes and you go to the polls, and you're going to vote for your county commissioner, and you're going to vote for your secretary of state, and you're going to vote for your next, and the governor's not on the ballot this year, but you're going to vote for the next president, and in four years when you're going to, or two years from now, when you're going to vote for the next governor, you need to remember who stood up for the rule of law, who stood up and stood by what they said they were going to do, and who is in the party that won't. Right. And that's all I have to say about that. This has been GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Doug and Jesse King. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. Tune in each week for valuable information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, Saturday mornings at 8 on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town.